Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello. This is the Ayers on the Road, except we've kind of settled on the road. We've had a lot of people on the road this week coming to our, our whole family family's reunion. been on the road. Absolutely. Ayers on the road in the plural sense. Right. Lots of Ayers on the road this this week. We've got all 46 of us here. We're missing two. One uh, granddaughter's teaching teaching English in China. And we have our oldest grandson is a Mormon missionary in Taiwan. Doing fantastic. So if you haven't listened lately, you would not know that the reason we're all here at Bear Lake is for the annual... Higher Realm Family Reunion. This gets bigger and better every year, doesn't it? It does. More babies, more people throwing up, lots <laughs> lots of excitement around here. By the way, our missionary was here in the form of a giant cardboard cutout last night. Yeah. So we all felt we had a great here. opening ceremony. We have the kids be in charge, according to, they just go down the line, and it's a big job. But um, we are lucky enough to have uh, one of our daughters with it, with us who's just had quite an adventure. Of all those 46 people, we chose you, Sadie. I'm definitely on, your favorite. To be on the show today. Um, and the title of the show this morning, today, is Getting Kids Out of Their Comfort Zone. Maybe the first question to ask would be, is that a good thing? I mean, don't we all as parents work hard to get our kids in a comfortable place? We want them to be well-adjusted and confident and happy and, and, and secure. So why in the world would we want to get kids out of their comfort zone? Well, I, you know, one of my theme songs throughout our life has been, and much to the chagrin of our children in some cases, um, if life is just a bowl of cherries, hire a wolf to knock at the door. <laughs> because I think hard things for kids is the best thing you can do for them, really to help them really figure out who they are. But don't you think you're kind of unique in that, Linda? I mean, don't you think most parents really concentrate on making their kids feel secure and comfortable and and without stress, without, you know, the, the lack of comfort? I know, and, and some kids can do it better than others. When we moved to Virginia to a really high-ranked school, uh, high school, we had one son who was struggling, had some learning disabilities anyway, but <clears throat> so it was doubly hard for him and for me because I had to help him a lot. But I'll tell you what, he ended up, he was miserable because nobody ever sat by him at lunch, and he just had a hard time finding friends, but he was a basketball player, and he sat on the bench a lot of the time. But you know what he came home with? He came home armed with the idea that he was going to once a week at East High School go sit by somebody who looked like they needed a friend because he knew how it felt to sit there and not have anybody to talk to and feel left out. So so are you saying the reason you want to get kids out of their comfort zone is so that they'll understand other people who are uncomfortable? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, actually. That's just one of the sidelights, but I mean, I do think well, it's really important to challenge kids and really get them. Uh, because I think people, some people may look at the title of today's show and say, why would I want to get my kids out of their comfort zone? Sadie, what do you think? I mean, has that been a conscious goal of yours? And if so, why? Well, I think it's a balance. I you know, definitely want my kids to feel secure so that when they're out of their comfort zone, 
they are able to thrive. But I do think that that is where the growth happens when you, you know, do things that are hard and you're out of your comfort zone. That is where where you do figure out where you are. And and I think maybe figuring out who you are and what you stand for and that you can do hard things is what actually gives security, not this other uh, kind of security that we try and give our kids. I think they gain this true intrinsic sort of internal uh, security by doing things that are really difficult and challenging. I mean, not too difficult. There's obviously a balance. You don't want to put them in a place that's too So I may, I may have set up a false dilemma. Do you want to give your kids security or do you want to get them out of their comfort zone? You're saying the two are really the same thing. Yeah, yeah. getting them out of their comfort zone gives them security. And it's a security that they take with them. You know, if you're just giving them this sort of false like protection and like a little security, cocoon. then yeah. when they leave, they're not as secure. So another way to look at it would be, we, I mean, all a lot of it's very common for parents to say, gee, we've got to get our kids out of the bubble, out of the bubble they live in. And maybe that's a, a more accurate way to, to describe a life without very many challenges where everything's routine, where kids do the same thing every day, year after year. Yeah, exactly. So, so I guess, I guess hopefully that's enough of an introduction for parents who are listening to say, I mean, most adults would, would acknowledge that their own growth has happened when they're out of their comfort zone, when they're facing a new challenge of some kind. Well, yeah, whether it's just going off to college or uh, starting a new job or well, whatever it is, it's, it, it's not comfortable for a while and you have to work through it and figure so, it out. So, so, so we've now transposed that to children who will also grow more out of their comfort zone. Would there be any, any, could you do that too early? I mean, do you want to take preschoolers out of their comfort zone or do you want them to, to feel comfortable all the time? I don't know. I think preschoolers. What's the ideal time to remove kids? Preschoolers from are in their comfort zone or not um, in your home all the time because they're in your home most of the time. And uh, not saying you have to throw them into a daycare or something to give them security. All right. Well, let, with that much banter at the beginning, let's jump right in and, and tell you why we invited Sadie to be on the show this morning, other than the fact that we love her and she's our favorite daughter. <laughs> <laughs> My kids told me they thought I was your favorite daughter yesterday. So. so Sadie, I mean, you did a dramatic thing to remove your kids from, I'm not saying that was the only goal you had in making this move, but uh, give us a little history. You'd lived in Boston for a long time. Go back a little and kind of give us the story leading up to this big move that you made a few months ago. Yeah, so we've been living in Boston, married for the past uh, 14 years. So our kids have all been, we're all born there and we're, you know, not super comfortable there either. It's not really the most, New England's not the most comfortable place to live. But, you know, they had their friends and, and had a, we had a great life, but we were ready for some kind of an adventure. And I think that maybe Jeff and I, my husband and I were more ready than my kids. But um, this opportunity came up to go to they California. They were happy. Your kids were happy there and they had good schools. And, you know, you could argue that it was an ideal place to raise kids. Yeah, it was It was great. And it, and it might still be great. We're hoping to head back there sometime. But, um, but they, we had this opportunity for my husband to start up an office for his work in San Francisco and, and trying to find a place to live that was affordable there. This opportunity came up um, to go and uh, live on a farm and sort of start off uh, a farm that has been out of commission for a long time to sort of start it back up and homestead it a little bit and um, 
live just an hour south of San Francisco and have my husband commute in. So it's actually kind of a dream I've had for a long time, which is sort of a weird dream, but I've always thought it'd be so great to give your kids that experience, sort of connect with your our ancestral roots and learn how to work together. And, you know, I thought magically as soon as we moved to the farm, my kids would be really awesome workers. <laughs> They'd suddenly <laughs> jump up at 6 a.m. and really be eager to go and work. And of course, for the first day, few days of all the projects we've done, they were excited, but they, it gets old after a while. Anyway, but our, our thought was, you know, we wanted to do it for a family adventure and to sort of, we were just had the right window of time. My kids are ages 12 through five. And, um, you know, no one was too, you know, attached to their social circles that they didn't want to go and have an adventure with us. But they were all a little nervous, especially my oldest was really not wanting to go on this adventure. And hey, she's funny because she's our, she's my most adventurous child, but she really just didn't want to go. She felt like she just worked so hard to find her niche in, um, in Boston. And she thought, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do that again. It really, she had a few years that were really difficult. And she thought, I finally, finally feel comfortable, mom. I do not want to go. And, um, there were there were quite a few times where we almost called this off because she was feeling so worried about that about gaining this comfort and then t us taking it away from her and you know I kept saying to her but I didn't you know as a parent you don't always know if what you're saying is actually right because you're yeah, not sure yeah. how it's going to play yeah. out for your kids but I kept saying to her you know these skills that you've learned to sort of build this comfortable place for yourself and to get yourself in a place where you felt better about friends and about school and all that kind of stuff that even if we're taking you out of that situation, that is not going to go away. You still have those skills that you yeah, learned. You, you worked you, hard for this. Now introduce your kids so listeners will well, wait, have let an me idea just finish of the size this. of your family. Let me just yeah. finish, finish okay. saying this part because I think this is really crucial because right. she, we came to the farm and she is the one who has thrived the very the most. most. And often, so many times mm. during this adventure, I've thought, I'm so glad I didn't listen to Hazel. So <laughs> I feel like part of what you need to do when you're when you're trying to get your kids out of this comfort zone is definitely like, talk to them and think about their needs, but don't necessarily trust what they want because kids don't really they don't know. crave this and they don't want this and they can't see from a broader perspective how things might be really good for them. So Hazel is 12. Hazel's 12, Charlie's 11, um, Emmeline is eight, and Peter was five when we left, but he's turned six on the ranch. So the four kids moving from, I mean, think of the drama of this move from Boston. I mean, when you think of Boston, you think of a sophisticated city a lot of education, a lot of music, a lot of culture, a lot of arts, moving to a very rural, I mean, this is a real farm we're talking about. How many acres? It's about 140 acres. 140 acres nestled in the mountains up above Half Moon Bay, for those of you that might know the, the Bay Area of California. And very rural. I mean, you, you, uh, how far do you have to drive for a grocery store? It's like 30 minutes to the grocery store, 30 so not minutes too bad, away. but it, most things are about an hour away. So here, are the, here's this family just root, uprooting, going there, schooling. Yeah, we're homeschooling, which was taking me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that before, but the schools are a little too far away, and we figured that they'd be learning a lot just by doing, you know, the farm work that we were doing, and, you know, we've, we've had a really great time actually doing school stuff. Now, we value candor and honesty on Ayers on the Road, Sadie. So um, have you had any second doubts or second <laughs> thoughts? I mean, here you are homeschooling four kids, trying to plant crops, trying to get rid of, uh, of uh, mountain lions. Mountain lions. <laughs> a mountain lion ate one of your sheep. Two of our sheep. Two of your sheep. <laughs> We've had a lot of problems and challenges, but um, and I definitely have had times when I'm like, wow, this is kind of crazy. Uh, I think the fact that we're not going to be there forever makes it 
a little different, you know, yeah, than, that is than, an pe- interesting than people point. who are doing this all, you know, all the yeah. time. It is a hard, hard life. And it has given us so much respect. It's funny. We, when we drive up to church or when we drive places, we now all covet people's fields, which is something we've never even thought about. But even my kids, they're like, mom, look at those rows. How did they get them so straight? And look at that soil. That soil is so great. <laughs> Why don't they have any gophers eating their stuff? So we, we obviously don't really know very much what we're doing, but we have learned a lot. The learning curve has been steep for all of us. And it's been, it, all of my kids actually has have just totally thrived. I mean, it's been, they've been homesick and missed friends and obviously been really tired of working a lot of times, but, um, well, imagine them getting up at what, six in the morning to go milk the goats, right? The kids. We've kind of pushed that milking oh, back, you pushed a that milking back a little bit. <laughs> We're not quite that well, let's make this sound as romantic <laughs> as we can. You know, it is interesting though. And, and I'm glad you pointed out that this is not a permanent move for you. There are a lot of families that we run into and speaking and so on to parents who are actually looking for a break. They don't want to necessarily change where they live. They don't want to necessarily uproot their their jobs or their employment or whatever, but they want to reset. They want some way to sort of shake it up and change it up for their kids. And one of the most romanticized ideas is if only we could go live on a farm for a year, you know, <laughs> and then kids would have to learn to work because the difference on a farm is if you don't milk the cows, there's consequences. Or if you don't weed the fields, or the water crops them, don't they die. Grow. Or if you don't water them, they die. And when you're in the city, it's like clean up your room or do the dishes. But the consequences of not doing it are not so dramatic. Right, right. That's been really helpful. But everyone can't move to a farm. So... Um, I actually think what you guys did growing up was good. You did little, you know, little things that took us out of comfort zones or encouraged us to take on challenges in our everyday life that took us out of our comfort zones. And I think that that's important because this was like a sort of miraculous sort of turn of events that all fell into our lap in the right place in the right time. But I don't think that this is necessary really to uproot your family and move them to a farm. This is a dramatic example. And that that's actually a great segue. Said, let's take a brief break. And when we come back, let's try to generalize this a little and and say if you're a parent who's looking for a sort of a reset or a way to sort of create a different atmosphere or dynamic in your family in order to get kids progressing faster what are some of the practical ways you could do it short of moving to a farm for a year so we'll take a brief break and we'll be right back with Ayers on the road Okay, and we're back on Ayers on the Road, Richard and Linda Iyer, although Linda has gone off to run an errand. She was on the first part of the show, and I'm now here with Sadie. Sadie is our fourth child, our third daughter, and those of you who listened to the first half know that Sadie went to school in Boston and continued to live in Boston. How many years altogether in Boston? I don't know. 20 years? More. I think 20 Five years. 20, wow. I don't know, on and off, but there was uh, left for <laughs> you a few can't things, be so. that old. <laughs> so uh, Bostonians, but recently moved to a farm in California, and their lifestyle has changed dramatically. And I guess the way to start, Sadie, what, I mean, again, I'm sure it's a mixed bag, but in balance, what have been the blessings to the kids of being in such a different environment? They've left their friends. They probably missed Boston in many ways, but what have been the benefits? 
Well, they've learned how to work. They've learned this cycle of work is fun at first, and then it's hard, and then it becomes rewarding. I hope they've learned that for, for some work they have, some work they still don't enjoy or find it rewarding. Um, they've learned how to be with each other a lot because we have a lot of family mm-hmm. togetherness. And so mm-hmm. they've definitely fought a whole lot, but they've also learned how to really be each other's best friends, which has been really, really great. Um, they've learned this idea that um, actually we just memorized this quote by my grandma that I love that said, when you do the, an impossible thing, it makes the next impossible thing seem that much easier. And I really feel like they have, they have all taken on these challenges, whether it be their fear of dogs, we have a dog on the farm, or whether it be learning how to milk a, a goat, or whether it be, you know, learning how to drive an ATV and, and, and um, use a wood chipper, you know, just all these things are like seemingly impossible for them, but they've yeah. been able to do that and then master it. And I think that's what brings the security that we were talking about before, being able to see something that looks impossible and then say, wait, I can actually do this because then it gives you the security to do it the next time, which I think is really a really valuable thing. And um, the other thing we've been trying to do in our homeschool is when there's problems on the farm, like we have gophers or we have, you know, little bugs eating our plants or whatever. We've tried to hand those problems to our kids and say, can you, can we solve these problems? Can you figure it out? And so this also security of figuring things out and solving problems has been really a a big win. Um, I'm trying to think there was something else that was really big that I really value that we've learned there. Um, just the, just being connected to the earth and having appreciation for the things that people grow in the grocery store. We now come to the grocery store and are just amazed by what the cauliflower looks like because it doesn't look anything like the cauliflower (laughs) that we've tried to grow. Um, um, and oh, the other thing I love is we've been really disconnected from the world, which I think would be really hard long-term, but in the the ages that my kids are and they're just, you know, the older ones are just kind of getting into barely into the time where they were really into, um, Instagram and, you know, social media stuff. And we kind of pulled them away from that. And we haven't had any screens or any, um, internet, basically we have really slow internet. Um, but it's been great to see what their brains come up with when they're away from the TV, away from movies, away from, um, you know, any other kind of social media or computer games or video games or anything like that. They are just like, it's like we've thrown back them back a hundred years and they're just well, doing all kinds of creative games and you know, and they have a lot of free time, a lot of free it's time. It's funny you'd say that about throwing them back a hundred years because one of the things that we're doing at our reunion right now that we're right in the middle of here at Bear Lake is reviewing our ancestors, telling ancestor stories of how they lived a hundred years ago. And interestingly, it's the same idea. It's like if kids learn how difficult life was for their grandparents and their great-grandparents. This tends to give them a resilience that's quite remarkable. And so in a way, when you think about it, Sadie, we're trying to do vicariously what you're doing actually (laughs) to get kids to really understand the difference between an easy life and a hard life and between growing and progressing and sort of being in a rut. Yeah, exactly. I think we should move on to like more practical things that people can do that are yeah, not yeah. really moving your your family to a farm because I think that's really powerful. Yeah, so if that's the goal to sort of give your kids new experiences, what are some practical ways? You mentioned some of the things we did when you were a, a child growing up. Well, I mean, I think we went to um you know, we went on family vacations that were not just vacations to Disneyland, although that's really fun too. Um, but I think we, we went to places that were a little bit more difficult, maybe to like a 
you know, a small village in Mexico or something like that, where we were, our eyes were really open and we were, you know, working with people and, and doing things that were a little bit less vacationy and a little bit more difficult that opened our eyes, which is often an uncomfortable feeling as a kid, but also an adventure and something that's not too hard to get your kids to be excited about. I would put that at the top of the list of things you can do that are practical and that don't require an uprooting or a, a moving away. Or, or, or maybe not as glamorous. One of our family vacations or vacations and quotations was going up to the wilderness in Oregon and trying to build a log cabin. I mean, that was like a great adventure. We thought it was great as kids, but it also, you know, was much more difficult and, and it wasn't really an expensive vacation. It was no, something that it was family, a summer thing. Do, so, but I would say that humanitarian expeditions, and many of you listeners know that there are whole companies set up just to do this, to take your family to a village and somewhere in the third world for a week, even a week at Christmas vacation or in the summer, and help build a clinic or build a school or whatever. Our favorite, uh, probably over the years, our favorite organization is called ChoiceHumanitarian.org. We also love Rising Star Outreach. Outreach. Well, and and now um, uh, BYU, I think the BYU, BYU that, that does runs the service. humanitarian expeditions for teenagers. Um, you know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of different ones, and there's ones that are really expensive and go to Africa. There's also ones that you know go to Dominican Republic or Mexico or someplace that might be a little bit closer. And if you think that's out of your expense range, think again, because there's no expense. Once you get there, you sleep in a tent or on a floor of a school or something. And the only cost really is the air transport to get there. So it turns out to be cheaper than going to a resort or to Disneyland, my least favorite. (laughs) Well, I think I think that any. I mean, even just service in your own community, especially service in your own community, or um, like we, met, like you guys mentioned at the very beginning, just looking for someone at your school who is is not not comfortable. That is an uncomfortable feeling. So yeah, I think yeah. encouraging kids to, you know, get out of that comfort zone, you know, to look for a new friend or to, you know, talk to a, an adult that you're kind of nervous about, or to even for us, it's going to church is the thing that makes my son Charlie the most uncomfortable when we go to other wards <laughs> where wards, we're, yeah. where we haven't been and he has to go to a new primary. But it's funny because we've really been adamant about going and staying for primary just because of this fear. And now he's just like, okay, I got this. I can do this. And, you know, I think kids are more logical and rational than we think. I mean, I think you can explain to an eight-year-old why it's a good thing to be uncomfortable and to learn new things and to be challenged. I mean, you don't just drag them into it and say, get in there and sink or swim. You, you, you explain that the more experience we have in new situations, the more confident we become. And I think helping them process new situations and things that they've done out of their comfort zones, not telling them like, wow, you did such a good job doing that. That was so great. But helping them. Mm. How did that feel to do that? Good. How did, how how did, did that feel, feel to, yeah. you know, go and talk to that person? How did it feel to go to school, even though you were so nervous to go to your new class? Yeah. I think helping them process like that was scary, but I did it. And helping them make those connections, whether rather than us tell them, about those connections, you know, it, that I think can build this security. And, and even saying, you know, there'll come a time in your life when you go away to college or you go off on your mission or you you do something uh, as a natural process of living. And the more of these little experiences you have with new situations, a new church, a new friend, why don't you invite a kid, a different kid to your party who you don't know very well? All those things 
will be good training for the times in your life when you will suddenly be in a whole new situation. Can I just jump in and say Linda's that back. Here she is. I'm back. And I, um, I think it's really good that you transition from these big overseas, you know, experiences or Mexican experiences. Or farms. Or, or farms. Or farm. <laughs> To um, to things that are really practical for your family. I mean, we we love taking our kids to the homeless shelter, and I remember when we had a lot of young women in our ward, <clears throat> and we took them down to the homeless shelter in Salt Lake City. And they were all terrified because these were really strange-looking people, and they all they we got a dinner. We everybody did, did part of the dinner. <coughs> we took it down to them, and by the end, it was amazing. Yeah. The kids came out just. Well, Amazing. kids are adaptable. That's the thing to remember. Kids are good at this if you give them the opportunity because by right. nature, kids are usually pretty adaptable. Right. And it's different in every community. But uh, last Christmas, we were at um, in Phoenix and we went to the homeless shelter. It was so fun to see those teenagers actually walk up to those people and hear the most amazing stories they've ever heard in their lives. You Everyone know, even, even getting more to the day-to-day -day practical, even, even something like encouraging kids to take a different class than what they're comfortable in. You know, well, why don't you try a subject you know nothing about? Why don't you, instead of just taking the things you're comfortable in and you know you're good at, try something that you're not good at and you know nothing about. Or set different goals that are a little harder. Or, you know, I think in today's age of so much media, like maybe set limits on how much, you, how long you have your phone. I think having right. kids do these things because it is really comfortable to sit and, and look at Instagram and social situation oh, instead of talking point. to your friends. Um, but I think sort of, I think it's okay for us, to, for our kids to be sort of mad at us because we're putting these limits on them that are making them more uncomfortable. Right, because right. It helps them grow. And you can justify that in the same way, but you're right. Say, I'm glad we got to that. What is the ultimate comfort zone for most kids today? It's sitting, looking at a little screen. That's when they're, that's their comfort zone. Sometimes getting them out of their comfort zone is as simple as taking that phone away from them. They're yep. suddenly uncomfortable. Right. In fact, we were in China this year, in Shanghai, and I was in a shopping mall, and it was the funniest thing. I thought, oh, this is true all over the world. There was a great big flat couch, not a couch, but, you know, a, a place where kids could sit. Yeah. And they were all sitting around, and every single one of them were on their phones. They, they were we've not, all seen it a million times. They were not were looking at each, to each other. other. And I was in Shanghai. That and was it's uncomfortable now. It's sad that to, now it's uncomfortable just talking sometimes to other yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, you can te text. Could you text me, Mom? I'm not comfortable talking to you directly. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy world. So different. But yeah. I think as long as we're being really deliberate about it and thinking about it, it's. I think the friction as parents is you do want, like we come back to the beginning, you do want your kids to feel comfortable. And sometimes getting them to a true comfort or security. Security, makes. Yeah. It requires us to do these hard things that make them feel a little uncomfortable so, in the short term. So just to summarize, we've tried to, it's a difficult topic and one parents don't usually think about, but the thesis here is the more you get kids out of their rut, and that would be socially, mentally, physically, trying new things. I mean, that's another thing. Try a new sport, try a different band instrument, anything that's new and different. The learning curve gets steeper and kids' potential for confidence grows because they understand internally that they can do hard things it makes the next impossible thing seem that much easier sadie we've been, we've been <laughs> right. so glad to have you any final uh, thoughts for parents that uh, you want to leave as we sign off 
No, just that I've seen this in action. I've seen the way that my kids have thrived when they really thought that they didn't want to thrive in that way. Um, it's worth doing it. So thank you for being with us. Join us next time for Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.